Welcome to Six Pack Discussions, where Cody and Jared take on the biggest, most talked about headlines with logic, passion, and a six pack of beer. If you're listening, we challenge you to take an unbiased view of the world, as we know these conversations are complicated. So sit down, crack a beer, and welcome a new perspective. Okay, guys, coming in. New episode. Always excited. Six pack discussion. We uh we started uh recording these and also actually uh would you say videotaping them or what's the right term? I don't know. There's no tape. Right? <laughs> Is that not an appropriate term anymore? I don't know. There's no tape anymore. Video recording. Yeah, video recording it now. So we're gonna start posting on YouTube. Uh yeah. this should be our second episode coming out on YouTube, yeah. which is pretty exciting. I did a little bit of editing on the last one. Pretty good. Um we're actually I changed up the format just because of how much overlap there was. I don't mm. know if you knew that yet, but mm. um Kind of cool for you guys, so you guys can start uh, not only listening to us uh, on all the ways you can, of course, find us on podcasts, but uh, now you can start finding us on YouTube, see me and Jared live, and and say, okay, these guys are a little more animated than I thought they might be while they're talking. <laughs> dude, honestly, they kind of missed out on some of the more animated subjects. Oh, yeah. Well, dude, there's a lot I feel of like you and I stay pretty calm on the podcast, though. 100%. I feel like you and I get fairly heated around a, a fire or a dinner table, but... yeah. Podcast, oh. we've never really gotten because I feel like the intent. We talk there. a lot of, of course, the intent yeah. is to remain neutral and show the grays, right? But a lot of these subjects we agree on, we just agree on on different levels. 100%. Right. But I, I guess, I guess some of the stuff that we get heated on is just kind of stupid shit. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, sometimes it's like a subject that probably has like been hashed out already, and we're like, eh, let's talk about this. In I just want to stir the pot. <laughs> yeah. Dude, this one today. Oh. This one today um, that we're talking about, guys, is, I would say, extremely complicated and not well-known. So I'll agree with half of that. Okay. The latter. Interesting. So you think it's complicated? I don't think it's complicated. Okay. Sorry. The solution is complicated. Oh, okay. (laughs) Would you say the solution is complicated? I would give you that. Okay. Yeah. That's what I mean. I'll agree with that. Okay. So what we're talking about guys today is the Uyghurs in China, the treatment of them, and what tools do we have at our disposal in America to help that entire group of people that have been plain simply discriminated and- Committed a genocide against? At this point, genocide, uh, crimes against humanity. The Uh, ICC- was contacted, and then was said, oh, we don't have jurisdiction. Yeah. The United Nations is saying, yep, that's kind of effed up. <laughs> yeah. When, right? When entire groups of countries pretty much say, yeah, this is, we're going to pretty much call this crimes against humanity. There's only a couple They're of instances. They're forcing in women to have an abortion. They're forcing. They're sterilizing men and women. Yeah. So real quick, uh, maybe a little bit of definitions here. Uyghurs, what's happening Let's just kind of start from the very beginning. Uh, I'll define what a Uyghur is, and then you can go to what's going on, because you kind of alluded already. So Uyghurs are a ethnic minority in China. They're in the Xinjiang. I thought it was Xinjiang, but... Xinjiang. Xinjiang Xinjiang province, uh, which is going to be the northeastern, or sorry, northwesternmost region of China. About uh, three times the size size of of France. France. Yeah. Yeah. Very large region. uh, Very large population. So this ethnic minority uh, borders Kazakhstan. Um, it has a high Muslim population, which is kind of rare for most of China. Yep. Um, think of this area as kind of like 
uh, bordering Kazakhstan, Mongolia, um, much different than <clears throat> traditional, uh, I think what you would say, media-driven China. I think a lot of uh, media is normally around Beijing, Shanghai, Hong Kong. You hear about those types, which is primarily Han Chinese, uh, which is the type of ethnicity. So this group, the uh, Uyghurs, and there's a couple other ethnicities as well in that region, they all are <clears throat> just, it's a different ethnicity. It's a different kind of, not a race, but a different type of kind of Chinese. And Jared, you can kind of talk about maybe some of the, um, what's going on with the Uyghurs. How yeah. about that? <clears throat> so it depends on who you ask, right? I mean, you, if you ask the, the Communist Party of China. Yeah. Nothing's happening. Re-education. Yeah. Re-education camps is actually, I believe the exact Voluntary word. actually. Oh, I didn't, I didn't come across the word voluntary, but re-education camps. Yeah, meaning the, the Uyghurs actually uh, voluntarily decide to stay in these camps for multiple years to learn. Job training and the yeah. language. Vocational and training, they call vocation, it. Vocational, yeah. thank you. So you ask them, but if you ask other news sources or, or other people, um, there's unfortunately these, these concentration camps, re-education camps, whatever the case may be, um, exceeding over 380 now, estimated. 380 camps. Over 380 is what I'm seeing. <clears throat> and where they're getting a lot of, I don't know if you saw the satellite images. Yeah. Um, the hacked files, are you talking about? Yeah, so they kind of had an idea. I didn't know this. There's actually a, a Chinese student uh, going to some type of university. He he kind of uh, not only hacked a lot of files, but he also was just looking at uh, purchase records for equipment companies of certain materials that were getting shipped to kind of remote regions of uh, Shenzhen. Shenzhen, is that proper? Sure. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to mess. I unintentionally yeah. will mess it up. I'm yeah. sorry. But he was noticing all these kind of shipping records and Bill and Layden's, and he's like, well, this is weird. And all of a sudden, he would look at the addresses on satellite imageries, and he would notice over a, a course of three to 10 years, these detainment centers just getting built in like overnight, right? From 2018 to 2019, uh, a, a building would multiply into 20 buildings with high 12 foot walls, barbed wires, uh, you know, three story, four story buildings. Essentially, they look like prison camps. Let's call them what they are. Yeah, they're 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 detention camps, prison camps. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So essentially, it's it's forced labor. It's sterilization of male and female. It is um, an indoctrination of why the Chinese Communist Party is so fit, so fantastic. I mean, they're literally giving these people minimal amount of bread and water to survive. It's horrible. Absolutely horrible. I can't believe this isn't a bigger issue. And then I guess China is defending it. Like, oh, well, it's in order because we have to go through with our roads, with our highways to connect to Europe. Yeah, so a lot of it is... <laughs> that that multi-billion dollar project, right? Yeah, the uh, Belt and... What's it called, man? Belt and Drive Initiative. Something belt, that doesn't ring a bell. Belt I'm and sorry. Road, belt and Road Initiative, 100%. Okay. That doesn't ring a bell for me, but yeah. if you're 100%. So, and guys, Belt and Road Initiative is essentially China says that we're going to build a, a huge highway system between trains and roads that link the majority of Chinese industrial cities to majority, uh, sorry, industrialized areas of Europe. Yeah. So instead of, you know, having to ship all the way across through Africa around kind of the Cape Horn in Africa, Let's go ahead and do it easier and just ship directly via train and road systems from China to France, Germany, Belgium, all those countries. Mm -hmm. 
And through this province, this Belt and Road Initiative is having to do it. And what China has claimed over the last five, six years is that there's been a lot of terrorist acts. And some of the evidence of these terrorist acts, people being sentenced 15, 20 years, some of the only true evidence is their alliance to the Islam faith. Oh. That's considered a terrorist act. Oh, it's... I don't oh. know. I don't know. No, hundred percent. Oh, I was say, do, do you have a refuting? Point? No, it's a hundred percent. Just being part of the Muslim faith. Mm-hmm. And guys, when when we say this, this is so crazy. Some of the hacked files that have been kind of released here from uh, some of these detainment camps, they have a list of detainees, and it'll say what the criminal charge was: wearing a headscarf, growing a beard, and, and you get years. Years. No, you get death sentence in some cases. Death sentence. And so, you know, I think a lot of this might be just news to our listeners. They don't know this is maybe even happening. This is this does not seem like a 2022 thing. This seems like a World War II thing. Like, what this, do you what do you think percentage wise? What do you think people would? People, American people. I I'll, I'll go ahead and say first. I bet less than fifteen percent know about this. Yeah, hundred percent. Less than fifteen. I would say so. This is, look, the Biden administration, this is what the, the the weird point for me, Biden and Trump administrations can't agree that the sky is blue, right? Both of them agreed that this is a genocide. 100%. That tells me there's a problem. Like, if both of them, you know, two very- They would argue that that green, that, I'm sorry, that wall is not green. Yeah. One would say green, one would say blue. 100%. Well, the air bowl saying this is a problem. And what me and Jerry are going to get to is, is how do you actually fix this? This is this is where I think the challenge is. And we're going to I got a couple metaphors for this. Um and I I, got I, I have a decent a solution. I no, no I, we'll, we'll let the viewers um judge that, but I have a decent metaphor, I think. Okay. So, one thing that I don't know if you can uncover, and this is where I it gets I get this is already despicable, but this is where it gets disgusting for me. Right, Jared already mentioned that they're wrongfully detaining individuals, right, uh, for for idiotic reasons. Right, growing a beard, I mentioned, uh, just having a faith of Muslim faith. Honestly, just being a Uyghur, right, being that part of that race, like that race of people or that group of people. So you're detained, and then they are doing uh, criminal acts to you while you are detained, right? So they're acts of violence, rape, torture, torture. Uh, you got um, uh, what's it called uh, when you don't allow somebody to become pregnant anymore. Sterilization. Sterilization. Here's where it gets funky. So, oh, that's not funky. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry. I this is sorry. That's already despicable. This is where it gets disgusting to me. So there's a large group of people that have now uncovered files on a large amount of organs that are available to the market in China for Westerners to have access to. Westerners meaning Americans, Europeans, everybody else that maybe is a little bit more wealthy off or well well off, right? First world kind of. So, for example, and they actually give this example for multiple people that have done this. You're down a kidney. You need a kidney. You need a heart transplant. Well, in America and most Western countries, you go on a list, right? You're waiting for a donor. 
right? Someone gets in a car accident. I don't know if you know this, but a majority of, of uh, donations for uh, healthy organs are actually through car accidents in America. It's not from people dying from natural causes because those are usually very old. So car accidents is normally a 22-year-old, a 30-year-old, a 40-year-old. Great. Great kidney, not damaged. Let's go ahead and salvage it, and we'll hand it to this you know, 15-year-old that needs a kidney transplant. So you go on this list. A lot of people die on this list, right? Because you're waiting for it. Could be weeks, could be months. Well, there's a couple of hospitals that you can call into China. Say, hey, I'm from America. I have lots of money. <laughs> I need a kidney transplant. They're like, be here on Tuesday. Your appointment's at 8 a.m. What's your blood type? Perfect. See you here Tuesday morning. You fly into wherever this is, Shanghai. You go to the hospital. There's a kidney waiting for you. That's perfect. Ready to go. And this has been happening for like the last 20 years. This has been getting more and more common. They say it's a, a, I think it's a $100 billion industry at this point. It's very lucrative. And at this point, there's been a lot of report reporters that have been wondering, okay, guys, where is China getting all these organs from? They assume from car accidents. A lot of people. Exactly. China has a large population. So it makes sense. There's not a very large donor population, though, in China. I don't know. Are you are you a donor? Would you be a donor? I am. Okay. I mean, dude, it's at least in Arizona, it's all about checking a box at a DMV. Yeah, it puts it on your driver's license. Me, Anna, we are. But in China, it's actually very rare if you query people, they're their donors. Hmm. Well, in China, you have a lot of what China, the Communist Party, denotes as a voluntary donor. That's an interesting terminology. Okay. Well, a donor, you would think they're already kind of volunteering. But these That's are actually, kind of in the essence of the word is donor. The word missing here is prisoner, voluntary prisoner donors. So these people have been sentenced to death. And the way they die is by organ extraction. Let me repeat that. The way they die is by organ extraction. They do not kill them and then remove the organs. They put them on a table, restrain them, add in some type of paralyzing potion, whatever it is, remove their heart while they're living. Dude, you ever watch the movie Law Abiding Citizen? Gerard Butler? Mm-hmm. Yes, I don't remember the scene that you're referencing, I don't think. Oh, it's whenever, um, so the start of the movie, guy has to watch his uh, wife and child get raped by that um, Darby, Darby guy. Okay. And all of a sudden, so this sadistic Gerard Butler just kind of, you know, orchestrates over the next 20 years, you know, this horror. He's in prison. He's in prison, intentionally prison, tunnels out, and then saws off it, like cuts out his eyelids and, you know, injects him with adrenaline so he stays up and- Cuts them limb by limb. Yeah. Thanks, Jared, for that graphic. I know I was being graphic too, but did you did you find this at all? No. When you were and researching? So I guess, never thought I'd hear about a real-life law-abiding citizen scene. Guess how many that the reporters, and now I think the UN estimates that China is currently providing execution by owner donation. Dude, I want to fucking throw up. I don't want to guess. They say twenty-five to 50,000 people a year. 25,000. Let's just say it's 50,000 people a year. No, I want to I use 25. Okay, low case. 25,000 lungs, 25,000 hearts, 25,000 kidneys, 25,000 livers. 
Do you know what that works out to be an hour? I don't know. How many? Just under three. So they're executing three people an hour and removing their organs for a Western wealthy person that needs an organ transplant. Or another Chinese person that needs a transplant. Dude, that makes me want to throw up. Okay. Here's where it gets really sick right here. That's sick. I arrest you for a beard. And this is your punishment. This is not a murderer. This is not a rapist. This is not an arsonist. This is not a terrorist. You're arrested because of your religion, because of the headscarf, because you're whatever. No reason, really. Let's be honest. And then you're just kind of detained until there is somebody that has an AB positive blood type that needs a liver. And then you're executed. Is that not the craziest thing you've heard? It, it almost doesn't seem real. I couldn't stop. There, there, there is a lot of evidence at this point that this is 100% true. Well, I mean, hell, speaking of evidence, <clears throat> the Communist Party of China didn't even recognize that these concentration camps were even a thing until it was borderline saying like, you see that building? You see that dead guy there? You see that guard? What are they oh, doing? well, I guess yeah, they're re-education camps. They're vocational camps. Yeah, we're actually, we're actually providing a service to these people that need, uh, they're, they're illiterate, and we're teaching them skills to help them get better jobs. Really, they're detaining them until possibly somebody needs an organ. All right, guys. I'm not trying to be morbid. I'm not trying to make light of this. However, we do have a structure, so it is second beer time. Holy shit, I've never been more underwhelmed. From this I've never year. been more. Oh, okay. Dude. Dude, that's such a horrible, horrible, it horrible thing. It doesn't seem like 21st century shit. This no, seems- no, no, no. It doesn't seem like shit that we don't know about. It doesn't. I know. Honestly, oh. the more I said, I'm sorry. Whenever I said 15, I'd actually be curious to see what the, I don't know if that's even a quantifiable statistic right now. I don't even know if it's 15% of people in America that know about this. Okay, so maybe they know about the Uyghurs. I don't know if they know about the organ removal. And I don't even know if... You know, I want to say the word black market. Sorry, it's not a black market if it's government uh, endorsed. That's not black market. That's like, hey, yeah, that's fine. Enabled and endorsed. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's fine. Go ahead and do it. How much? 50 grand? Okay, make sure we tax it. Can we get a little 30% tax on the organs? Sure. Okay, let's take a quick break, guys. Like Jared said, heavy shit already. Wow. Super disgusting. Um, second beer. Or sorry, yeah, we're getting into our second beer right now. Jared picked up these. Mm. Little Sierra Nevada coming out of California here, guys. Um, Celebration Fresh Hop IPA. Is this maybe a beer that comes around during the holiday season? I would imagine. You know, I, I think that's a reasonable. I mean, it's got, got a fun little cabin covered in snow there. Yeah. Celebration kind of like probably for the holidays. True. Um, family owned, operated, and argued over. Oh, that's funny, huh? They, I like the argued over. They argued over the beers are good or bad, probably. Uh, I would say probably argued who were, who owned it. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> funny you there, there was someone messed up the will or trust <laughs> didn't, didn't allocate appropriately, but that's my interpretation. So you got a box right here. You got any fun things on the box, maybe? Let's see what you got. <laughs> Anything? Yep. We first brewed Celebration IPA in the winter of 1981. 
that's whenever, you know, the argument and the trust happened. 1981 is when they started? Uh, each year, we use only the first fresh hops of the growing season to create this complex and robust ale. Layered pine and citrus hop aromas balance delicately against rich malt sweetness to shape this bold wintertime classic. Dude, you know how fucking cool it would be to work for a marketing firm for Sierra Nevada or, or any, you know, microbrew? Your job, think about it, your job, your R&D, if you will, for marketing. Let me just drink this till I figure out this citrus hop aroma balance deadly rich against malt. Well, come on. You, you probably are drinking while you're bringing that up, huh? You better be. Okay, so... Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a fun little story. Again, guys, Sierra Nevada Celebration Fresh Hop IPA. Go grab yourself a six-pack. Sierra Nevada, nice job, guys, with this one. I actually like it. I think it, it does actually have a little bit of the... Hold winter. on, hold on. Oh, go ahead. Have you, have you heard of a true certification? Uh-uh. What's that? So this is a true certified package. Uh, this is made in a certified zero-waste facility. Oh, Interesting. Probably means that they're using. So I think uh, what was it, old Newton, that said matter cannot be created, created or destroyed. destroyed. So how the hell do you have zero waste? Well, you just just. Well, no, you just the shit out one day or what? The facility, right? So I could see that happening. So you probably are. Is what I'm guessing that cardboard. It's a zero waste facility. Yeah. So you. What about even human waste? What does zero waste facility mean? What if the, maybe that package is made out of human waste? Jared's I participated. Jerry's a little feisty today. I like it. Well, it's just uh, zero waste. Yeah, I gotcha. Uh, true certification by participating in true certification facilities, commit to reducing materials, using recycled and more. Mm. Becoming more resource efficient. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's bullshit. I'll do a little bit worse. Come on, zero waste. Yeah. That's not true. That that can't be true. It does defy some... Zero. Yeah, it does defy some... You know I don't like waste. absolutes. You know I don't like hundreds of zeros. And you know I like absolutes. I know you do. That's I funny. hate them. How funny, right? We speak in complete definite. Yeah. I speak in definite. You speak in indifference. Yeah. I speak in reality. You speak in la-la land. Well, I think there are some definites in life. The sun is hot. Compared to... <laughs> okay, guys. Um, ranking for the beer. Uh, I'm going to give it a solid... It's a 6.8, I think, or 6.9. Like, Damn, um, we're only on a scale of five, dude. <laughs> no. 6.8 uh, alcohol per volume, so it's a little a little higher. It's definitely an IPA. Um, I think it actually has. If it is a holiday uh, brew, it has some notes that make me think of kind of holiday-ish. I don't know if you get that too, but I do. it kind of has like a... I don't know what it is, but I, yeah. I taste it. You know when you touch nutmeg or cinnamon, things like that? Dude. I'm giving it, before you say anything, I'm going to give it a 3.8. 3.8. Solid. So, solid beer. Before, I'm going to leave uh, leave our listeners lingering a little bit. Speaking of holiday notes. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, my wife, guys, Brittany, in between her undergrad and graduate, she lived in Germany for a couple of years, right? And evidently, I don't know if you've ever heard of a German Christmas market, but evidently hmm. German Christmas markets, if you give an ounce of shit about Christmas, this is just a bucket list item. Oh, cool. Okay. From November 
November, like start of November to like I think January. German Christmas markets are just. It, I apologize, guys. So, anyways, we're decorating our tree and everything a few years ago, a few weeks ago, and um, anyways, we're at Costco like the day before we we wanted to start decorating our tree. Yeah. So doing what Costco does, buying a lot of shit we don't need. We've all been there, right? It's the worst store. I hate it. I hate it. Dude. Every time I walk out of there, I say I hate it. I have so much shit I don't need. We just went there for dog food. 500 bucks. How do you do that? I know. It's worse than Target. Dog food. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I just want to go to like the expensive dog food place that only sells dog food for $100 a bag and I'll walk out. You save 400 bucks. Yes. Literally, you save four hundred dollars. The only thing I can get at Costco without getting extra shit is a gas, and you can't even get there because diesel. Anyways, all right, I'm, I'm getting distracted. Sorry. So we're walking through the aisles, and we come across this like value size bag of chestnuts. Oh god! There's like five individually packaged things of chestnuts, and Britt, she goes, uh, she goes, "Oh my gosh, this would, be my, this would be so much fun!" You know, in the German Christmas markets, you know, you could have little, you know, bags of chestnuts. This would be so much fun to eat while we're decorating the tree. I've never had chestnut. I've heard about that. Them, you know, chestnuts roasting. Fuck it, sure, whatever. Thirty dollars. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about how much it costs. <laughs> so, anyways, you never opened them. No, no, we opened them. So I want to be fun, festive, whatever. So I, I get them on the on the skillet or whatever. Chestnuts roasting on the skillet is how the song goes, right? I've never actually eaten a chestnut, so go ahead. Neither do I, prior to this. Fancy. So, she's decorating the, the tree or whatever, and I'm roasting the chestnuts. Dude, if you ever want to try it, I have four bags left in my house. Come over anytime. You can take all four. Guys, it is, I, I want the whole chestnut industry to implode up because of this podcast. I think they're the gross, I almost threw up. What? You bite into it. It is this like this this meaty nut. Oh, it's horrible. So is it a tree nut? I don't know what the hell it is. is it, or is it a vegetable? Like what is it actually? Shit. I don't know. Shit. I, I refuse to do research. I don't want and I'm scared to do research because I don't want some ad for a chestnut to shop up my, pop up my phone and then I throw up. Huh. It was I literally spit it out like a child. I couldn't swallow it. So just for our listeners, I think we got to chestnuts because I mentioned the flavors or smell or taste of the holidays. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned nutmeg and cinnamon. And, and this is Jared's rant. Add to that. Just no, no, no. Lack of ad. Like <laughs> ad against the whole industry. But anyways, after long overdue. What do we got? Solid 3.9. Nice. This is a good drinking beer. I would order it again. I do agree with Cody. This is a fun little Christmas ale. But... Nothing to write home the mom about. It doesn't deserve a four butter, but this is a solid beer. I wouldn't mind this next Christmas season. 100%. Yep. I'd agree. All right. So. Okay. So uh, back to the Uyghurs. Now we got to bring down the mood. Yeah. Talk slower. I know. So. Right That's now, why I tried to expand on that story. I want to get away from the depressing shit. This is depressing. So I'm looking at this image right here. So this is, this is where it gets. I would say, you know. Of course, if you ask anybody in the Chinese government or the Communist Party, they're going to say this is non-existent. We don't have this organ trade problem. We don't do this to Uyghurs. They've already denied a lot of this stuff. They're just vocational camps. So doing a little digging and and kind of expanding upon the Uyghur issue. There's another group called the Fan Gong 
um, religion in China. I believe they're like a Tibetan type group. They're like a, a, a religious break off <coughs> from Buddhist, uh, a Buddhist type religion. <coughs> Apparently in the early 2000s, they were protesting and getting killed and doing the exact same thing. This guy's holding up a sign right here. He's part of the Fon Guang group. And he's holding a sign up that says 1.5 million have been killed in China for their organs. Fon Gong practitioners. Fon Gong is a type of Buddhist religion, so they don't believe in like violence or anything. So they don't believe in terrorism. They don't do any of that type of stuff. These guys literally, if you're part of that group and you and you tell a Chinese Communist Party member, yep, I believe in Fon Gong, or I believe I'm saying that properly, guys, I'm, but probably not. Um, no, no disrespect intended. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, guess what? You get in jail. They take your blood. This is how this gets crazy. This is how they can prove this. They take your blood type. They type in your age, if you've had any injuries, and they have a database of all this information for a prisoner. That's kind of weird. Why, why do you need their blood type? Well, for your voluntarily donated organs during your execution. What? This all happened in the 2000s and it's still ongoing, but they've expanded it now to the Uyghurs. So I'm saying, yes, the Uyghur issue is kind of a, a recent issue, but it looks like China has actually been doing this for 25 plus years and they've just expanded this kind of prosecution of minority groups and using them as organ bags, organ... Like, it's so <clears throat> disgusting. So, you know, here's what, here's what frustrates me, man. I think America is a true blessing and a true curse. You know what I mean? Okay. Here we are arguing about who owns Twitter, we're arguing about certain people's pronoun. We're arguing about inflation rates and yeah. all this bullshit. Are we in a recession? Are we not? We're arguing about definitions of basic economic words. Thank you. And here people are. Or doing nothing more than growing the very fucking hair on your face right now. little scruff on mine. Here we are killing people indoctrinating people, organ harvesting live people just for pronouncing a certain faith. Here we, here we are, you and I even. You and I dipped out of work an hour early today, right? Didn't have too much going on. and We're drinking a beer. Payday was today. Great day, right? We got plans and we have people, actually over the course of this hour, during this podcast, three people, just got their organs harvested live. That's when I get really pissed about these stupid, petty bullshit that we argue about and get so passionate about and riot in the streets about here in America. And yet there's real problems. And places. I intended to say real problems. Yeah, It doesn't make a shit if Elon is going to charge $9 for your little precious check mark a month now. We have, we have a country that we're so far indebted to it hurts and... And by the way, I think we said this in a couple episodes, Cody. How do you vote? How do you, how do you show approval? 
through your vote, your dollars, through your dollars, right? Is that not how you vote? Yeah, you vote through your dollars. It's not just filling in a circle on a Scantron. You vote with your dollars, right? And China has gotten a lot of dollars. (sighs) You know? And you know, when I was reading through this. Am am I off there? Oh, 100%, dude. It's, it's, It's hard to comprehend how fortunate we are and then how unfortunate other people are. We we argue about um, not discriminations. We argue about things like that here. When all that energy and all of that money probably can fix real discrimination in other places. Like, I, I get it. There are very... Like there's very likely some discrimination that occurs still in America, right? Unfortunately, a truth. But but it's it's one of those things that will exist no matter what. I don't think I don't think humans are perfect. Thus, that we will always have some type of discrimination. But I would say in America and, and some other countries that maybe are like us, we're pretty fortunate where we've been able to rid our society of a lot of that. Right, actively trying still, still trying, and we've done an amazing job. But then we see a country like this where they're just doing it and it's like top news and they're doing it in the most despicable way ever. <clears throat> and we're going to get to it. Everyone's kind of like, yeah, well, at least we get some free iPhone or, or some cheap iPhones. At least we get some 1999. Hey, my Nike, my Nike's feel pretty good. Exactly. <clears throat> we get some cheap stuff. We use them for trash and recycling. You know, we talked about that in the past. And it's one of those things. It's like, ooh. Where are my dollars actually going? Am I supporting some of this? And, and dude, this one, remember, I think I brought this up a while back and I said, I went down a rabbit hole on this Uyghur stuff. You did. Remember? And I don't remember if it was on air or off air, but I remember you talked about this Uyghur stuff. Yeah. And I was like, I got to do, we got to do this. And then we, and then I started doing this all over. I wish I would have known more. I knew just enough to say, okay, because I thought it's, it'd be a good conversation. And I think it's turned out to be. But after you started searching, you're like, oh, if I would have known a little bit more, I don't know if I'd be okay talking about it. this is horrible. I'm glad we're talking about it because I think it needs to be known. Yeah. So. Dude, how about the UK? Really? The only one that's actually like saying, oh, you guys are actually fucking up. Yeah. So let's, I know we're not even in a short beer yet, right? We're what? 35 minutes in guys. Um, we've pretty much just, I don't know. I'm going to say we've, Said this sucks. This say, so horrible. what's your opinion on this? It's horrible. Uh, like we, we, I think, I think any listener is going to say this sucks. And I think the goal of this episode is like, what do you awareness? Do? I, no, no, no. I would say awareness first. Well, awareness is good. That's got to be my primary yeah. mission right now. Cause yeah. that's bad. No, it's bad. Awareness is number one. So hopefully we're getting, helping getting the word out a little bit. But second thing is, is like, okay, well, once you're aware of something, what do you do? What do you do? Right? Because. <sighs> Once you're aware, great. Uh, I'm aware that the sky is blue. Does it matter? No. No. What did we just talk about? The black squares on Instagram. Exactly. Awareness versus action. And this is where this conversation gets so complicated. I'm I'm happy that we're actually, we got uh, plenty of time to talk about this. Because this is where I was kind of, as I was jotting down notes, I was like, man, What's the I'm way? contradicting myself in past episodes in my my interventionist my my interventionist uh, type of ways like non interventionist type of ways. I don't like to intervene in other things. So I want to give you a metaphor 
And I've given this metaphor actually to somebody else in the past, and it was not taken very well. Oh, I can't wait for this now. Yeah, so I want to see... Do I know the person that it wasn't taken well by? Oh, yeah, you do. Now, I don't know if you think highly of this person, so I don't know if it's good or bad. Okay. But but still, I want to give you this example. Because it's interesting. Um, and, and, and I don't know if it's perfectly parallel, but it's parallel to some extent. So I live in this neighborhood, right? I live in this neighborhood, guys. It's a subdivision in Arizona. Jared lives in one that's similar. Let's say, you know, most of our listeners do. Maybe a couple houses down, you know, there's a family. And they treat certain of their children, right, uh, in, a, in a kind of a despicable way. Um, disgusting. Okay. Um, I'm, you know, things that are illegal. Yes. I, yeah. I can fill the blanks. Yeah. So let's say they have five children, and one or two of them, they do these things. Not known to the general public. But it becomes known. Maybe I'm walking past their garage. I see the father doing something disgusting to one of his daughters. I hear something. I'm walking past their house. <sighs> That's their property. That's their house. That's their children. Do I have the right to intervene? Do I, as just another private citizen, have the right to intervene? Now, I would say most Americans say, yes, of course. Intervene, protect the child. I think they would say yeah. that. Bingo. Thank you. I thought I thought that was the operable word there. Yeah, and 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 then there's the select group of people that actually would, right? M- most people will say they would do it, and then there's the I would say maybe ten percent. Now, and I bet there's a difference between if you're a male or female, right? Um, if you would intervene as much, um, you know, some females are extremely uh, caretakers, and they would right away, hundred percent. They would intervene. They would call the police. They would try to stop whatever action. Some males would walk on by, would not even care. Some males would probably kill the guy. Right? There's, there's a whole range of different types of situations. But I look at it like this. My house is my kind of like, let's just say my territory. In my situation here, my metaphor, this is America. We're sitting right here. Let's just say we're sitting on American land. That land right now is China. That person, that father, that mother that treats their children disgusting is the leadership in that household. Are we kind of on the same page? What they're doing is not, is egregious in that, in my sense. Is it egregious in their house? No. So do I have the right to intervene with that household or that country? And this is kind of where I kind of, I'm like, it's easier to say that I would when it's my neighbor because they're so close. But where is that line where they're doing something that is 100% I would intervene? Now, here's the thing. Is it me intervening or am I calling the cops and having them intervene? And this is where it gets a little weird because in my metaphor, let's say that that father is doing something and I'm visibly watching it happen. I can intervene and maybe stop the action and never have that child be possibly, maybe maybe this is the first act of that child being molested or whatever it may be. Well, guess what? I might stop that act and it may never happen and that that child may never have a a traumatic event occur. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a perfect win. Now, if I wait to call the police or if I wait to, you know, to report this person, that traumatic act probably occurred and that child's forever ruined. Right. So there's a difference between having somebody else do it and having yourself do it. And this is one thing that I think we've talked about in the past with the military. A lot of people want the protection and want to say they care, 
but they won't actually do it themselves. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people will go say, you know what, I'm going to sign up. I'm going to go, you know, give my life for my country. I'm going to go, you know, give six years, eight years, whatever oh, it is. Maybe, yeah. But a lot of people actually don't do that. And that's kind of what I was trying to get to, right? But what do you think about that metaphor of saying, hey, my house, their house, two different countries, they have two different types of rule systems. What is egregious in one household may not be egregious in another. <clears throat> Fair point. What do you think? No. It's it's kind of a good parallel, right? I think it's a strong parallel. Stretch. But as far as analogies and metaphors go, yeah. So... We're America over here in our house, and we're seeing China do that right now. Mm-hmm. We're seeing them do things that are disgusting. Mm-hmm. How do we intervene? Well, the problem that I think we're not talking about, oh, you got to take it one step further. Let's say you're, you're head of house, mm-hmm. right? Let's say you make $55,000 a year. Yeah. Right? Your wife is at, you know, 45, so you guys are at $100,000 a year. You're living comfortably. Okay. Real comfortably. That house over there makes a little bit more money. Let's say you're living comfortably, but you want a lot of extra shit. So you're actually spending $200,000 a year. Mm-hmm. I owe them the money. That country, I'm sorry, that house over there, always giving you money. Damn near like a freaking charge card for them. You owe them $5 million. They are near peer. They have just as many guns as you do. They have more people than they have. They have a family of 10 and you have a family of three. Those family of 10 will jump whenever they, that government says how high I'm sorry. <laughs> Come on guys. You know that thing to where you're they'll jump half of a bitch about it, yeah. but they'll jump. Does that add to the analogy a little bit? No, no, I see. So when I when I see that family member doing something, I might owe them a lot of debt. You owe them a lot of debt? Maybe it's and they're... Maybe it's even my boss. If you think about how in a way, U.S. corporations are. In a way. A lot of U.S. corporations, and I don't know if our listeners know this, and, and this is something that I've re- learned recently. A lot of U.S. corporations depend on the Chinese market for two things. Manufacturing of their goods to sell everywhere in the world. What's the second? Or second, purchasing of the goods because it's one of their largest markets to purchase. Because of clearly all the population. Bingo. Right? So if you are a, let's just say a movie, uh, uh, a producer of uh, a movie or TV show. Almost like a big production like Disney. Do you edit your movies? Will you edit your movie (laughs) just so that it can be showed in China? Yes, you do. So. But is that same company woke as shit over here? Bingo. And so would you... Would you rally against a company or, or you, let's say your number one buyer is doing these things. Let's say you're a small business or a big corporation. Your number one buyer is doing some egregious things. Purchaser of your items. They're, your, they're the reason you're a profitable company. Do you bring this? Do you bring this to the table? So to use your analogy, they're the only reason you still have a roof over your wife and your kid's head. You were, they are the only reason. They're my bank. Let's just say that. Let's say I took a mortgage out of my house and they're the only person that approved me. Oh, fuck, dude. Makes it a little harder, huh? It's it's one of those They things. were noble as hell. We're I we're I know. High integrity individuals. 
this just got real. And this this is why this analogy I think kind of feels it's it gets closer because I think a lot of people make it. It's, it's very uncomfortably close now. Yeah, and it's challenging because everyone has a mental image right now. Yeah, and and everyone's like this. Oh, I would stop that father right away. Would you? And all of a sudden they're like, well, what if he's the guy that employs you? What if he's the guy that pays your paycheck every Friday? What if he's the guy that owns the mortgage on your house? What if he's the only person that you can get, I don't know, a certain food type from? <clears throat> in America, this is this is why America and, and most countries are like this. Is this egregious enough for us to step in and possibly lose a relationship with a powerhouse? And it's funny because who's the other powerhouse that has the same leverage on a lot of countries? Us. Oh. America. We do this to a lot of other countries, right? We're able to kind of say, hey, do you want to trade with us? Because if you don't. We'll embargo your ass. Exactly. <laughs> and so we're kind of in a weird situation where this is the first time we've had another big brother situation. Yeah. Right? Like I'm old enough to kick your ass, but if you strike back, you'll still give me a black eye. Gosh, hell, you could kick my ass. You could. From an economy standpoint. I don't want to. I don't want to test it. Exactly. So so you think it through this. Um, now that you have a kind of a metaphor that I was thinking through. Um do you step in and do we do something? Because what does it mean? What's the consequences of stepping in? Maybe we should go over that kind of stuff. What would happen if we said, you know what, China, you don't, if you don't stop this tomorrow, we're coming. We go to war. Like that's the only way you stop this physically, quite literally literally. physically stop us. We go and actually have to put boots on the ground. No different than 1942. Thank you. 1942 after Japan attacked Hawaii, we go in and we go to Germany and we try to make landfall. We go start fighting them and we say, guys, you're not allowed to do this detention camp shit. You're not allowed to do Bullshit. harvesting. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. So boots on the ground. The other way that I kind of think is maybe you stop buying stuff from them entirely. But what are the consequences? What, what, would, what would be actually the <laughs> blood? Well, clearly blood. Um, increased cost of goods and services to the already devalued dollar how much, how much do you think it costs to make a tv in america versus in china i would say at least 2x i'm thinking 4x 5x to be honest i'm probably way under i bought right. a tv the other day at walmart a vizio tv which is chinese bucks <laughs> it, it wasn't that cheap it was a bigger screen it was like oh 50, okay 50 inch you, you can get like a 30 inch tv for probably 150 bucks at walmart oh yeah yeah i bought this tv it's a 55 inch Nice TV. Nice TV. That's probably what, 400 bucks all day long? It was 300 bucks. 300 bucks. $300. That same TV manufactured in America, I think it's 1,000 bucks all day long. <clears throat> so that's what's frustrating, man. So people get used to this shit. But they would bitch at the American company. Actually, they wouldn't bitch. The American company wouldn't even be a thing. Because if I have a Jones, that's a strong American name, right? Willis, Willis brand TV. Jones brand TV, and it's $1,000, but I tout American-made, American values, equal opportunity employer, all this shit that we tout, that we love. Do you think, because every American that's listening right now and every Canadian, shout out Canada. I know you guys love us up there. Do you think they'd be willing to spend that three to four to five X on relatively the same good and or service, just 
with better values associated with it? Actually, actually, fuck that. I'm not going to give you the easier. This six pack of beer, let's say next week is your week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's say Sierra Nevada is uh, made in America. It is. It, clearly it is, I'm, uh, but hear me out. So this is a $25 six pack. It's and then uh, 12 bucks or and then 10 bucks. Ying Ale is $5 a six pack. Same IPA. It even has the same ingredients. But you know one versus the other where it's made. Honestly, do you pick the $5 six pack or the $25 six pack? Reluctantly, I'll give you an out. I, I, I hate to answer it this way. I think I would pick the five dollars six pack, and that's so wrong for yeah. me to say. No, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to get it out of here. I'm just thinking. Um, I think I'm, and even you, we're in a privileged place where I think we do. We are kind of selective on the things we buy, and we have the ability to do that with select items. I'm not saying for all items, right? But I'm thinking of let's just say. The medium family. No. We're making $100,000 as a family right now. Five, $5 uh, beer, six pack every single day. The, the, the vast majority of America, 80%, right? They're buying the $5 six pack because it impacts them immediately. And some of the values or the ethics associated with the creation of that beer or that shirt or that iPhone. It's distant. It's far. And I think, you know, even, even in world war two, did we get involved because the Holocaust was going on? No. December 7, 1941. Exactly. That's why we got involved. Bingo. Make no mistakes about it. I know the movies will tell you otherwise. That shit was going on long before December 7, 1941. We knew about it. It wasn't overnight. We didn't want to know about it, but we knew about it. And and that's where I think we're kind of at. We know atrocities are going on. If you think, like, like just replay it. it. It feels so similar, right? We know this is going on. We know, we, we you know, UK and the UN has even called this as a genocide of the Uyghurs. You know, this organ, organ harvesting is, is atrocity as a science. Let's be honest. Like, this is exactly what some of the scientists were doing during the Holocaust, right? They were running tests and, and using body parts and manipulating human bodies and twins. Okay, all that's known. Well, guys, do we waste our blood, mine, Jared's, everyone's blood, and say, this is not worth it. Do we waste American life to fix somebody else's? it won't. There will be bloodshed. Exactly. There'll be economic hurt by all, and there will be bloodshed by our U.S. forces. And that's where the solution is so challenging because you're like, okay, okay, well, let's say it's it's on the the low or the high end. Fifty thousand Uyghurs a year are are killed for their organs. Okay, so fifty thousand. Let's say fifty thousand people are killed for these absurd reason, absolutely disgusting. If we wanted to stop this. Of course, it's going to be more than 50,000 people that die. Americans and Chinese and every other group that gets involved. <clears throat> so it's going to be more than 50,000. So, so now we're doing kind of almost a math equation to figure out what's, 
what are we what are we doing here? Is it fifty thousand? Is it a hundred thousand? Is it a million? Like we, we're now it's fifty thousand every year for ten years. We're, what is that? Five hundred thousand people. Yeah, math checks. So we got a half million people now that have maybe been donated to for organs and things like that. Well, now you're starting to get to kind of big numbers where does this just keep on going? So I'm just kind of wondering now. Sorry, it looks like you want to say something. Go for it. Well. So one thing that's great, despite what the Communist Party of China may say, the supply and demand curve is, is true for any and all things, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So who's truly at fault? The supplier or the demander? We had a whole episode about this. What was that episode called? The consumerism, correct? Consumerism, right? We yeah. talked about who's at fault. Exactly. Who is at fault? Right, and guys, I'm not going to give any teasers away. You know, we, we, of course, went back and forth, back and forth. Good ending, I think. <laughs> right, but, but if there wasn't a supply, there wouldn't be a demand. Right, so so this, this plentiful amount of organs, kidneys, hearts, livers, you name it, it seems. Uh, borderline endless. Right, and then also... Shame on our government for not doing an education. Or do you think maybe the, the demand knows where the supply is coming from? I think the, the demand is willfully, willfully ignorant. Does that make sense? Uh, don't, tell me, don't tell me where this money is coming from. I just close my eyes and deposit my account. We both have iPhones. Yep. Made in China. Do we think that the conditions to make an iPhone are things that we would want to work in? I believe they both have, uh, or I'm sorry, the buildings have suicide nets. Would we want to work in those conditions? Nope. Okay, so right now we're both you know, willfully ignorant to the purchasing of an iPhone. So you know what? Yeah, I, I like this tech. I want to buy it and things like that. Now, here's a weird thing. This is where I get a little, it gets, man, this is what this is. Why we have this podcast, to be honest. There's so much nuance. What would those individuals be doing without the investment from Apple to build those factories? They would be possibly farming. And so there's kind of like this rising tide effect that occurs with, with this. So as American companies have invested in China and built manufacturing, they've brought you know, like uh, China, it was a poor country and had a lot of poverty up until the last 30 years when American investment occurred. In the 90s is when all this opened up. Bill Clinton opened this really up. <sighs> up until then, you know, a large majority, sorry, maybe not a majority, a large portion of China was poor and died from starvation every year. That's weird to think about. Still happens in parts of Africa, still happens in parts of India. So we talk about suicide nets. We talk about this stuff. But I look at it, I'm like, my gosh, did the market fix some of these things by providing higher wages? I don't know. What do you think about that? Or do you think that there should always be an ethical line? But the problem is, is if that ethical line affects... Okay, give me an example. Because it feels too high level. Give me an example. Let's say... China, what do they got? Two billion people? Sure. I think so. Okay. 
let's say 50 million people die prior to U.S. investment of uh, poverty-related items, right? Starvation, not equitable. Equitable? Not equitable. um, Good water supplies. I don't know the right word there. But good water supply, like poisonous water, things like that. Let's say, you know, you know, what, 1%, 3%, 4% of the population, you know, die over the long term uh, or even that year of, of just in poverty, right? Being in poverty. <clears throat> American investment comes in and they start investing in the 90s. And now less than 0.1% die of poverty related reasons. No one starves to death in China anymore. Everyone has a good well, things like that. But you do get some suicides. You do get some people jumping off buildings. So the net effect of humans' life is actually increased. So almost like a uh, greater for the greater good, right? Mm-hmm. This uh, utilitarianism. A little bit. And I, <clears throat> I'll give you one more example just because I heard this the other day. Um, someone was explaining that I guess in Vermont or New Hampshire – they had they had changed some of their hunting laws um, where you no longer can hunt like moose. And it's increased the amount of fatalities in vehicles that have occurred with moose. Oh, no, sorry. It was actually wolves. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no. Mountain lions. I'm so, I'm so sorry, guys. Mountain lions. So mountain lions, you, you can't hunt them. Um... And they were like, hey, we're having a problem with a deer population. Uh, let's say 100 people die a year from, mount, uh, from deers crossing the road. And if we increase the mountain lion population in the area, it would decrease the deer population and also make them be a little bit less, avo- uh, they would avoid streets. This has been proven in a lot of like uh, uh, studies in areas. The higher the predator population is, the less deers that veer off into streets. If you do this, we'll reduce the amount of car fatality of uh, fatalities by fifty percent by deer. Hundred people die a year from deers running into cars. It'll be now fifty. But eight children a year will die from mountain lion attacks. So really, you save forty-two lives a year. No one passes that law. So guess what happens? A hundred people die next year from car fatalities from deer. What do you do? This feels like one of those situations. It feels like the situation to where there's a train, runaway train. If it stays on the core current track. It's going to kill 100 people. If you pull the lever, it kills 98 children. Right? That one's, yeah, that's even closer. It's even harder because it's one person. I feel like mine, I'm like, okay, well, shit, dude. But the children thing's weird, right? What do you do? That's why you just, you tell, you till it. Utilitarian utilitarianism is so difficult. They say pull the lever because the, the sheer logic. Pull the lever, you just save two people. In my example, introduce mountain lions 
into New Hampshire. Oh, breed them. Exactly. Get rid of some of the deer population. You will save 42 lives. But you will have eight children nabbed every year by mountain lions in your backyard. You know what's crazy? So, Does this feel similar to the shoes that I'm wearing? Cole Holland. Yeah. Shirt that I'm wearing? Nike. Same company, right? Do you think... Do you think you can get dressed tomorrow with your entire closet? Do you think you can get dressed, fully dressed, without an item from China? No. I don't think so. I know these jeans are made there. Shoes aren't. I don't know where Under Armour socks are. Hell, these shoes could be made there. I don't know. Vans? Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. Do you think you could drive? To the no grocery store. Oh, now one hundred percent no. Do you think you could cook a meal without some dependency from China, whether it's a crop, whether it's a supply chain? I think I think cooking a meal I could probably do today without going to like a farmer's market or shit like that. Yeah, most of the items we buy are pretty raw ingredient. I don't, I, again, I don't know the supply chain for for China foods, but I, I do know America produces a lot of food. Okay. Right? Uh, just personal knowledge. Okay. I know America is pretty big. South America is pretty big on food. So I think a lot of our food does come from kind of local. Regionally? Okay. Yeah. And I was even thinking about, it's, it's funny, I was actually thinking about the pots. And that was the only thing I was thinking might not be actually local. And I was like, oh, I could Utensils? Yeah. That was the only thing. So utensils, like with the forks I, I eat with? And the spoons. I went there, not the actual food, food items. I mm. thought the food for sure is coming from local. Um, like the plates. The plates might be from China that I eat on. Clearly you make your own furniture. <laughs> it, it's just crazy to think. How much is built there? Not just how much. Let's use the, a proper word. Dependent. All right, so guys. So we are rounding out this episode. Yeah. But how do we fix this? How do you fix it? One, I think, is education. I think it's irrefutable. I think whether we get other podcasters talking about it, whether we get, you know, I don't give a shit if it's CNN, Fox. I feel like this is very underreported, very strategically underreported. I think we need to make it hurt in the pocketbook of China first before there's spilled blood. But you have to educate. The, the root is education because why are you going to spend... 25 on a six-pack versus five. So I saw this. I'm not trying to go into another aside here, but so Apple just announced uh, due to the recent kind of uprisings in uh, China with some of their factories with Foxconn. I don't know if you kind of saw this. Some riots have been occurring Mm -hmm. uh, because they've been doing a lot of like lockdown type situations in China uh, due to COVID and stuff. One of the largest factories for Foxconn that builds iPhones... um, pretty much shut down for a couple of days and Apple's like, Hey guys, are you guys kind of like, you know, these videos are coming out of like this factory of like Chinese, like enforcement of the people, you know, beating them down and things like that. So Apple's kind of in a rock and a hard spot because yes, they're not the people that are doing it, but they're essentially paying them to do it. Supply and demand. So China or, or Apple announced that they're going to start divesting, uh, out of China and moving some of their investment for factories and production to South Asia countries. So like Malaysia, um, uh, Thailand, 
So a couple of other areas that have a little bit different working conditions. So you can already see that money money speaks, publicity speaks. Uh, so I look at that, and I say maybe, maybe you know, to your point, 100%, there should be better coverage on this. Like, hey, guys, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Nike produces its shoes um, with Uyghur uh, forced labor. I, I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not saying that's actually true. But, you know, high high brands out there, specific brands, are they using certain types of labor from China? And that's where I'm like, that's, if that information is passed around a little bit better, we probably will start getting people starting to pull out like Apple has done. Uh, now, what about just buyers? You know, people like us, I think it needs to hurt China's pocketbook, right? I think I think American buyers should, should probably maybe, and this is so, so hard, right? Because we already talked about the beer purchase. Do you think we should do something there? What, what do you think? Do you think we should say, you know what? Is this from America? Should there be a big stamp on there that says, hey, made in China with bad working conditions, made in America with good working conditions? Should it be just bigger prevalent? What do you think? Do you think it would matter? It's the pricing, huh? Like Even though those two stamps are on there. I love made in America, but if I see a 5X price tag with the same ingredients, same taste, Cody, come on, man. You and I are very fortunate financially, and I would still go for that $5 six-pack. How, how, how does America make Chinese items more expensive? Do you interrupt free market? We already do that. Do you significantly interrupt free market? Tariffs, man. I know. I, I know how. I'm just asking I, I you. knew you know, but. But wh- do you think that's fair? Do I don't. Because I think, who are you ultimately hurting? Give it. My cheap items should not come at the benefit of somebody else's life. You see what I'm saying there? And that's where I'm trying. I mean, you're a big avocado guacamole guy, aren't you? I know. Who controls that? Um, the Mexican, Mexican cartel. cartel, yeah. So <sighs> you've already you've already traded one nicety, but I'm wondering. So where's your line? No, no, I, I get it, man. I'm wondering if there was tariffs on Mexican avocados. There was tariffs on iPhones that brought it to the level of hey, an ethical tariff. Right of some sort, like hey, if you do this ethically, you get you get to bring it into America, no problem. You have to show us as our your entire supply chain. If not, you you can do it the way you want to, but you're going to get a tariff. I know sounds like a lot of government to me. A lot of intervention. Yeah. Otherwise, guess what? American manufacturer. Sorry. Hey, show me where that T-shirt's made. Just show me the factory if you don't mind. Like you need to provide uh, your wages. Right, you need to provide, uh, you know, whatever. If not, if it's not ethical, you can do it, but you have to pay a tariff on that to get it into America. Otherwise, you're American. I don't know, man. I I just feel like American cheap goods should not be at the benefit. Uh, so let's think. Let's think of, I know I even in, was the one that initially initiated the tariff. Something is straight. So am I endorsing? Hey, as long as you pay enough, you can still play here. Is the tariff even the right answer, guys? 
Come on. Well, the tariff incentivizes American investment. I understand. Right? So it, all I'm doing is making it expensive for imports. I get that. Yeah. But what I'm saying is you can tariff it however much you want. You're still endorsing it then. Are you not? Well, no, because at a certain point, if I that's why I said an ethical tariff, right? I, I don't know how to do that, but if you can prove that it's 100% ethically sourced, you don't have to pay the tariff. Okay. You come into America. Great, 100% good. If you're not doing it right or you don't want to provide evidence, if you want to hide any bit of it, if you don't want to allow our investigators on site, sorry, you pay the 30% premium. But why are we even allowing that option is what I'm saying. If we're truly holier than thou and almighty, why are we even allowing that product in? If we know people are being sterilized, your government's actively hiding it. If you're currently building more... So you're saying there should be a blockade of Chinese products? I mean, do you want to endorse that type of behavior? Do you want to reward a billion-dollar industry for live harvesting of organs? You know gruesome that is to use the word harvesting with live people this is not a fucking crop you want to endorse a country that hides that actively lies about that okay i so i don't know if tariffs are the right answer i know i threw it out there but the more i thought about it, i was like oh wait so 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 almost almost like a hey you know okay so here's the issue are there any items that we are required to purchase from there because we don't have any other option? I don't know off the top of my head. I don't think there is. China actually has very challenging um, climates. and Well, they don't have oil. So I, I know that we are in a very privileged geographical area. area. We have uh, good climate for food. We have good natural resources via mining, right? We look at, we kind of lucked out. There's a little bit of a lottery situation here with America. And anytime we don't have anything, we just kind of are able to trade off pretty well. I'm just wondering, so you're, you're almost kind of saying, which is. That's the nuclear option. Yeah, aggressive. And this is, this is how you avoid the nuclear, the actual nuclear option, which is even different, more blood, right? Um, Quite literally. Yeah, you're, you're actually stating the, the pre-nuclear option. You're, you're saying a trade war to the ninth extent. You're saying, hey, guys, we're not going to trade with you if you're doing anything that we deem unethical. We're not going to allow U.S. company trade. Build it in America. Build it in El Salvador. Build it in Brazil. Build it in Malaysia. But if your country has unethical prop, uh, practices that are deemed by the U.S. trade organization or, or the U.N. or... Us, sorry, you're not allowed to import any goods into America or export any goods into America. That's what you're kind of stating. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this is one of the things where I'm not an absolute guy, and I think you made fun of me earlier about this. Yeah, but either you promote genocide or you don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Either you're sterilizing women or you're not. Oh my God. And do I want to work? Do I want to work with a company? That does unethical practices? 
No, because they're going to be an unethical partner. If they're going to do that to their own, they're going to do that to me. So why would I treat a government, just a big company, for lack of a better term, it's a proper analogy. Why would I want to do business with them? Do you want a partner? Would you want Anna to act in an unethical manner? Clearly not. That is your partner. She may not be perfect, but she's acts in an ethical manner. Yeah, it's, so I I agree. The only thing I'm caught up on is who is the person that determines what's ethical and not right. Where and I understand cultural relativism is, exactly. is a very thing. Yeah. However, there are universal truths. I don't give a shit how remote of a tribe aborting a child against the parents and woman's will. Mm. Sterilization of a woman that wants to have a child. Mm. There are universal truths. I understand there's a lot of gray with cultural relativism. I mean, how we can you know, get into the, the oddities of American cultural relativism as far as what we consider normal, right? And I understand that. There, there, that's where you introduce a little bit of gray, but there are foundational universal truths on what's right and what's wrong. And you can't point me out in a, an American, a Spaniard, a German. Frenchman. Frenchman. You can't point me out anyone in the world that I outline the truth of what's going on with the Uyghurs that thinks that, yep, yep, thumbs up. So, China, clean this shit up tomorrow or else we don't buy any more stuff from you. Every single item that is built in a manif- in in a factory, sorry. And and man, I hate, I hate that you and I because we have recognized several times, and maybe this is where our opinions are skewed and, and misconceptions, preconceptions, whatever you want to call it, are off. Because luckily, you and I are in a we'll bitch about it, but we can afford that six pack of beer that's twenty five dollars. But damn it, I hope we realize our recommendation and our, our vector forward, what it would do to the middle class, what it would do to the lower class. It's. You know what I mean? No, that's why, that's why I'm struggling. So and much that's why it. it's hard. Yeah. But then I will make those people answer. So you endorse genocide. You endorse a government entity that hides and lies about a genocide. And if you're saying yes, Okay. It's, I think, I think the easiest way to put it, and we'll, unless you have any final thoughts, but the, I, I've been trying to think this whole time. <sighs> Is your TV worth the life of your five doors down the lane's neighbor? Child of the neighbor. That's really what's going on here right now. Right to, to put it kind of close to your heart. You may not know that neighbor's name, but that neighbor is going to kill their child tonight and use their organs for another one of their children. But they're going to give you a free TV. Or a TV that's 10 bucks, Cheap. Whatever it is. Is that child or 
adult or whatever it is, is that person's life worth the cheap or free item? And I, th- I hope most Americans say no. I think, I think, I think it's a majority. Now here's the issue: when as soon as you do that, the impact on the economy is dramatic. Companies shut down overnight. New companies are birthed out of it, of course. Here's the funny thing. TVs used to be all made in America. Not one of them are made here anymore. They start getting made here again. Cool American jobs. Those jobs are going to pay very well. The economy gets better long term. But short term, there are dramatic effects. But I think it's all for the good. Right? I agree. Dude. Shitty, 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 shitty all around. The solution is shitty, but the right answer. I agree with you. 100%. The solution's right. And the solution ideally will be temporary. Once you see that dip, once you see that negative growth, once you see that divestment, dollar speak. I'm not saying we have to buy $25 six packs for the rest of our life. It would take two quarters, three quarters max, I believe. You start seeing like these stories from China saying, "Hey guys, I'm free now." Oh, hey guys. Um, I think two quarters, three quarters max. It would hurt them so much. Is that 180, 270 days of discomfort worth it to you? Now you say that I don't. I would. Would I want though the TV? Like, the, sorry, unfortunately, the TV manufacturer is not going to be up and running in 180 days. Right. If I if I do this, does China just do a better job hiding it? Is this part of their culture? Right now it is, for sure. Right? They want to hide the stuff. They lied about it for many, many years. <sighs> I don't know. Dude, this is this is one of our hardest episodes. This was not fun. Not fun. Uh guys, really appreciate you guys all listening. Um Send us in. Are we missing something here? Is there is there something that maybe we're not even thinking about? We want to hear your comments. We love hearing from you guys. We love reading the, the fan mail and stuff like that. So send something in. Let us know. Are we missing something on this entire thing? You know, have you bought in that $300 TV and thought it was the greatest thing on earth, but kind of didn't realize that maybe you're endorsing genocide? Like, it's crazy to think about that. It, it's so odd, right? We're so distant from this. Um, it's, it's one of those things that I don't think any one of us want to believe is happening, but Mm -hmm. it is happening. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Thanks for listening guys. No, I'm good. Give us a follow on Instagram guys. Um, you can find us of course, everywhere podcasts are listened on to later. Bye. Wow.